right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Thursday, July 30th, last show of the month. Here's what you missed while you were honoring and remembering the great John Lewis. Okay, so yesterday was still a bit early when we released, so I figured I'd give you the rundown of everything we really learned at that tech CEO summit with Congress. And while, yes, it still stands that a couple of Republicans continuously whined about a fake anti-conservative bias, the rest were there to show that they're really serious about this investigation. Quote, overall, the subcommittee managed to highlight a number of clear instances of the four companies buying up the competition to make themselves stronger or discriminating against rivals on their own platforms. Where they struggled, however, was linking those two things, making the case that the rise of monopolies and the loss of genuine competition have broadly harmful consequences, end quote. But there was one instance I like that was noted from Florida Congresswoman Val Demings. She talked about Google buying DoubleClick, which I mentioned yesterday. Now, at the time, they were the largest digital ad platform, and this was in 2000. 2007. And Google promised the government that, quote, it would never merge its own data on users with double clicks. In 2016, however, the company reneged on that promise, essentially destroying anonymity on the internet, according to Demings. Then she carefully drew the connection. In 2007, Google's founders feared making this change because they knew it would upset their users. But by 2016, Google didn't seem to care, she said. The difference, she argued, was that by 2016, Google controlled so much of the market that it could afford to violate customers' preferences. Google CEO Sundar Pichai had no real answer for this other than to repeat the company line that users have control over how their data is used. Deming's question was the clearest articulation of the theory of the case underlying the entire investigation, end quote. And see, the idea here is that, listen, we want businesses to get ahead by competing, but not for a business to get so big that it absorbs or just crushes competition, and then they could just care less about the customer. So it does seem that this time, Congress isn't messing around. And we're far from the end here. All right, it's time that we talk about challenge accepted. Why? Well, it's a viral trendy thing that apparently leads to nothing, but everyone's doing it. All right, so let's talk about it. It's basically women posting black and white photos of themselves using the caption, hashtag challenge accepted. Sometimes those captions have messages about women empowerment or uplifting other women. Everyone's doing it like everyone. There's over 6 million posts using this hashtag on Instagram. And so I'm kind of like, okay, we're, where did this come from? What, what the heck is the actual challenge? I, I don't see that. And what does posting a selfie actually do to empower other women? Well, it looks like there's no real root to this hashtag. Some people say that it's just a lighthearted way for women to uplift one another. And then you have other people saying that it stems from Turkey, where if you don't know, there's a big issue going on with femicide. Now, New York Times reporter Taylor Lorenz did her own sleuthing and says that really the challenge accepted hashtag doesn't come from that. That specifically, and it's been in use since around 2016 for a bunch of different trends, including cancer awareness and other social causes. And in reality, it's a pretty quote unquote hollow cause. You know, just posting, wow, I'm, you know, posting this beautiful photo of myself to support other women. That doesn't actually do anything to, you know, 
move women forward or actually advocate women. You know, it's not highlighting impressive women. It's not helping your company hire more women. So it's ultimately pretty meaningless. But since I have you here, let's talk about Turkey. Quote, violence against women in Turkey has been an issue for a long time, but it's facing renewed attention because a 27-year-old woman was recently murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Now, this has prompted protests and call for action when it comes to the common threats women face in the country. According to The Guardian, 42% of Turkish women between the ages of 15 and 60 have suffered some form of physical or sexual violence by their husbands or partners. In 2019 alone, 474 women were murdered mainly by partners or relatives, which was the highest rate in a decade. This number has been increasing every year for the past 10 years, and it's expected to climb even higher this year because of coronavirus lockdowns leading to increases in domestic violence, end quote. And so celebrities are starting to change their angle now when they post these challenge accepted captions, hoping to shed some light on this issue. But as one Instagram user wrote in her caption, I was nominated to do this challenge and honestly, nothing about it sits right with me. It was started to highlight Turkish femicides and has morphed into white women posting selfies. I don't need women to empower me. I need men to take me seriously. And honestly, there are bigger things to shine a spotlight on than my face right now okay this should be a quick story earlier today the president of the united states once again made an illegal suggestion on twitter and we'll probably just play it off as like well it was just a suggestion but what he's really doing is sowing the seeds of doubt so check it this is what he wrote with universal mail-in voting not absentee voting which is good 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history all caps it will be a great embarrassment to the usa delay the election until people can properly securely and safely vote question mark question mark question mark uh no first off the president can't change the day of voting it's in the damn constitution dude and it's never been done not in the civil war not during world war ii never and not one republican even seems to be on board with this idea idea either not even lambeojo lindsey graham who said i don't think that's a particularly good idea but second see how he keeps on saying negative things about mail-in voting somehow he sees absentee ballots as different from mail-in voting even though that is how absentee ballots work but that's a total other story but it seems as if he's laying the groundwork to challenge the authenticity of this year's election we already have the worry that all the counting might not be complete by the end of the night on November 3rd. And now I'm going to have to hear his voice for two to seven days questioning the American democratic process. Oh boy, that's going to be a wonderful birthday. But I think Representative Jim Hines of Connecticut said it best. Quote, folks, don't take the bait here. Trump has zero authority to delay the election, but he wants to talk about it. This is his time-tested way to get you not to focus on the 150,000 dead Americans and an economy in free fall, largely because of his ineptitude. Tropical storm Isaias slammed into Puerto Rico today, causing over 450,000 homes and businesses to lose electricity. This just three years after Hurricane Maria hit the small Caribbean island and U.S. Commonwealth. And amid ongoing earthquakes, the storm blew in, toppling trees, flooding streets, 
and knocking out access to basic utilities. Quote, I didn't think it was going to be this strong. Jose Pagan, a 22-year-old who lives in the eastern mountain town of Juncos, told the AP. It's a rather difficult experience because it reminds us of Maria. Torres Ortiz, the mayor of Yauco in southwestern Puerto Rico, said the entire town had no power. In general terms, it's an extremely difficult situation because we are handling three situations at the same time. Guanica Mayor Santos said, told the newspaper listing aftershocks that continue from earthquakes the health crisis of the covid19 pandemic and the storm end quote so our hearts are definitely with the people of puerto rico right now and also the people on the island of hispaniola as isaias is now headed towards haiti and the dominican republic next And we end today with some pretty awesome news for any Apple stockholder. Full disclosure. So while most companies are struggling and trying to figure things out through these untreaded waters, Apple got a huge boost from the work from home tread and boosted their sales by 11%. See, Apple reported earnings today and once again had a record quarter in the middle of a pandemic. They had revenue of $59.7 billion during the quarter, beating expectations of $52.2 billion. They also announced a four-for-one stock split which will happen at the end of August to help attract even more investors and raise more funds at one quarter of the price. In the meantime, the current stock jumped up 5% at over $400 during after hours trading. Quote, I think the economic stimulus that was in place, and I'm not just focused on the US, but more broadly was a help, Cook said in an interview with Reuters. The hardware giant cited strong demand for its apps and work from home devices like iPads, sales of which shot up 31% compared to last year, end quote. So yeah, big, big numbers and big, big day for the Mansana company today, just one day after getting their wrists slapped by Congress. Well, listen, I'm no financial advisor, so don't pay any attention to me, but you know what they say, an apple a day beefs up the 401k. <laughs> well, my beautiful people, Those are my top five news stories of the day. And for the seven of you still sticking around, I feel like it's it's increasing. You're starting to learn that there's an after show here. Uh, so for those of you that are here and want to hear some bonus news, uh, first off, if you've ever used Drizzly before, uh, time to change your password. Uh, Drizzly got hacked. They confirmed today like two and a half million accounts have been uh, made vulnerable and uh, passwords were definitely leaked in that hack. So change your passwords for your Drizzly account. Also, hey, if the NFL does happen to have a season this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are definitely going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, now we're stacking the team. Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy just agreed to a one-year deal with the Bucs. If we don't, it's going to be a huge disappointment. But hey, I'm used to that already. So onward to the Super Bowl. Hopefully it actually happens this year. And lastly, just a huge thanks to everyone that's been here and listening to me, especially to the hardcore crew, the real ones. You know who you are. This is episode 100. We did it, you guys. We made it. 
The numbers are great. The audience is growing. I appreciate every single one of you sharing this with your friends and families and anyone who just doesn't like listening to the regular news but doesn't want to be out of the know. It truly is a blessing, and I'm so, so happy that you all listen to me. Thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart. And I look forward to just continuing and expanding this adventure as we learn about the world together. So to all you beautiful people out there, definitely enjoy this weekend. You made a count during the week, so keep that fun going. And as always, remember, stay focused, stay proud, and stay dedicated. Dodge the rest. Catch up with Quest. I got you with the news. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.